PTJ is the bottom line. The bottom line is a translation of study findings for application to clinical practice. It is not intended to substitute for a critical reading of the research article. The following bottom line was written by Dr. Nicole Rainey and summarizes the article titled Mobilization Techniques in Subjects with Frozen Shoulder Syndrome, a Randomized Multiple Treatment Trial by Yang Jai Ai, Chang C, Chen S et al. Volume 87, October 2007. Mobilization techniques have been reported to benefit certain patient populations with shoulder pain, but evidence supporting the benefits of mobilization interventions for patients with frozen shoulder syndrome is limited. The authors of this 12-week study had two main purposes. First, they wanted to determine whether patients with frozen shoulder syndrome benefited from shoulder mobilization treatment. Second, they wanted to determine whether there was a difference in treatment efficacy between three mobilization techniques. Of 30 subjects recruited, 23, or 77%, completed the study. 90% of the patients were women. All patients had shoulder pain and stiffness of greater than three months duration and limited range of motion in at least two glenohumeral planes, flexion, abduction, internal rotation, or external rotation. Patients were included if range of motion losses in the involved shoulder were 25% or greater compared with the non-involved shoulder. What new information does this study offer? This study lends support for the use of glenohumeral joint mobilization for improving shoulder kinematics and functional scores in patients with frozen shoulder syndrome. These results show clinically relevant improvements in shoulder function, arm elevation, scapular humeral rhythm, and shoulder internal and external rotation when these patients are treated with shoulder mobilization and exercise. A multiple treatment trial, or within subjects design, was used to examine the efficacy of three mobilization techniques, mid-range mobilization, end-range mobilization, and mobilization with movement. Patients were randomly assigned to one of two groups. Group 1 received an ABAC multiple treatment trial, with A being mid-range mobilization, B being end-range mobilization, and C being mobilization with movement. Group 2 received an ACAB multiple treatment trial. The purpose of having these two groups was to counterbalance the order effects of treatments. Each of the four treatment phases lasted three weeks. Patients were treated twice a week for 30-minute sessions that included a mobilization technique and an exercise program. The exercise program was pendulum and isometric scapular retraction. No home exercise program was given, and patients were frequently reminded not to perform any home exercise program. Two primary outcomes measures, shoulder kinematics and a self-administered functional questionnaire, were used. The flexi-level scale of shoulder function is scored from 1, most limited function, to 50, absence of limited function. Shoulder kinematics were recorded using the fast-track motion analysis system during three range of motion tests, abduction in the scapular plane, hand-to-neck, and hand-to-scapula. Measurements were reported at baseline and at three-week intervals for 12 weeks. Dropout data were excluded. How might the results of this study apply to the practice of physical therapy? Although a Cochrane review published earlier in 2007 concluded that there is no evidence that physical therapy alone is of benefit for adhesive capsulitis, this study appears to support the premise that mobilization combined with exercise can improve shoulder kinematics and functional scores. The most beneficial effects were achieved with mobilization with movement or end-range mobilization. The mid-range mobilization treatment showed no benefit in improving shoulder function 
or range of motion, but did improve scapulohumeral rhythm. Limitations. In this study, the efficacy of a single mobilization technique was examined and no home exercise program was allowed. In clinical practice, however, physical therapists often use more than one mobilization technique in a treatment session and also provide home exercise instruction to reinforce in-clinic treatment. Although controlling for variability improves internal validity, generalizability to routine clinical practice is more limited. Other limitations of this study are the small sample size, potential for cumulative effects of mobilization over the 12-week treatment period, and the lack of generalizability to patients with other than phase two stiffness frozen shoulder syndrome. Future studies examining the efficacy of mobilization for frozen shoulder syndrome could include patients in all phases of frozen shoulder syndrome. The use of a between subjects design to mitigate the potential for cumulative effects of intervention and implementation of a multimodal protocol that more closely resembles clinical practice.